What are your thoughts on it? The conventional wisdom is that the Italy-Turkey alliance is not an alliance that lasts. The Diplomacy Dojo is a weekly discussion led by your board brother about diplomacy tactics and strategies. Let's listen in on what our players are discussing this week. You were asking me about the... The Italy-Turkey alliance, right? Italy and Turkey. So sometimes, I'm not sure if the Italy players are experiencing that, but a lot of times in some games I've been able to convince the Italian player just to let me, you know, let my police just pass through quick so I can, you know, get a France center earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been very helpful for me because because, uh, that lets me get a center on the other side of the solo line quickly. Because I think a lot of times, you know, it's, it's hard for two that if they wait too long. Okay, so let's let's think about this. Let me let me ponder this for a moment. When I think about the Italy Turkey alliance topic, I what my mind directly goes is the conventional wisdom that the Italy Turkey alliance is not one that lasts. And I think although that is true, that's that's probably more likely than not it's not it's not a long-term alliance in most matches. Many players uh, misremember or misinterpret or extrapolate from that thinking that the Italy-Turkey alliance is not viable at all just because it, it has a time limit on it. And I think that's probably not the, the right way to think about it. And that may be what brings this topic to your mind, Hunter, that, hey, you know, there seems to be some prejudice uh, against Italian and Turkish players wanting to work together. And in your experience or in your observations, you see actually, you know, that can work out for either power that actually could go somewhere. And I think that to understand the utility or the viability of the Italy-Turkey alliance requires players to understand that just because there's a life expectancy on the alliance, that doesn't mean it's a poor one. The the Italy-Turkey alliance is one that facilitates wins for either Italy or Turkey but it's not going to it's it's unlikely to result in a draw that includes them both it's not it's not that great of a long term alliance it happens sometimes i mean any alliance can be played to a draw but typically what happens is after austria goes down in a normal match either italy or turkey will have the upper hand on the other somehow tactically and get in a really good backstab that allows them to take out the other player and so if you're a player who plays for solo wins and you are willing to backstab your ally when the time comes just to continue advancing, that can be an alliance that's good for you because, hey, I'll play it, I'll you know, get some expansion, I'll get to seven or eight centers, and then I'm going to backstab my ally and then try to get seven or eight more and maybe I'll be able to win. If that's how you're thinking, then the Italy-Turkey alliance could be a good one. Uh, the major challenge is that if the other player agrees to this alliance... Uh, in good faith, then they are probably thinking the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I heard you saying earlier, and it makes sense to me, that what Italy is looking for out of this alliance is uh, to see that Turkey focus entirely on building armies. And if Italy's fleet builds are restricted, let's say Turkey gets no more, I'm sorry, say if Turkey gets no more than two fleets, then the later in the game, Italy may have an opportunity for a really good backstab that allows Italy to invade the Turkish home centers, and all those armies that Turkey got are not going to help in that defense. And this is a double-edged sword, and the reason why Turkey would agree to this is that, in my opinion, Turkey can play a really good game as primarily a land power 
since getting a critical mass of armies in the Balkans or in the East uh, really early on could give Turkey the ability to get the extremely distant and valuable centers like St. Petersburg, Berlin, or Munich. And getting one of those centers early in the match makes it possible for Turkey to solo in in a way that Turkey often otherwise struggles with because the, 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 the valuable centers that Turkey needs to win are just so far away from Turkey's starting position. So from the Turkish perspective, building all those armies can also be a really good idea. If you get capture some distant centers and then when the time is right, backstab your Italian ally and start building those fleets that you need, it could work out for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think it is a viable alliance because I've seen, you know, both powers solo in games when when they've started with that. Yes, I I think so too. I actually in uh, I want to say it's the last time I played Turkey in a press game, but that might not be true. The last memorable press game I had as Turkey was uh, the Online Diplomacy Championship 2019 Finals, which was taking place in 2020 because <laughs> that tournament went on so long. And uh, I was Turkey. And in the mid game, both I and Italy were down to two or three centers respectively. And uh, we worked together and we eventually grew a little bit. And my position was looking really good. I thought I might be the strongest power on the board at one point. I just needed to time it right when I was going to backstab Italy. And uh, sure enough, my Italian ally backstabbed me first. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I didn't. I ended up getting eliminated. But my position was for a short while a very good one. And I thought that, the, that either I or Italy could have come out very well from having worked together. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, in the future, I should consider that as either country. Yes, I, I do think for, it's for worth For a long time, I didn't really consider that. Why not? Why why in the past uh, did you not take that alliance very seriously? I don't know. I mean, actually, as as Turkey, I actually was willing to consider the alliance, but not as Italy. I mean, because with Turkey, for, I, I was actually – I, I, that, that was successful for me with Turkey in several games. But I guess this maybe maybe as Italy, I was more nervous about it. But in, but in fact, it can actually work for Italy as well because, you know, if Turkey has few few fleets, you could stab them. The tricky part is that in the beginning of the game, it's really hard for Italy to reach a decision about whether to work with Turkey until either – well, that's not the right way to put it. Let me try again. If the Turkish player desires Russia as their ally, the first thing they probably do is try to draw Italy into their orbit and get Italy to attack Austria because that's what the juggernaut needs to get the momentum to be a successful alliance. So as an Italian player, uh, when Turkey's offering you alliance, you got to be nervous that Turkey's true strategic goal is just to break Austria wide open because they want to play a juggernaut alliance with Russia. And I, when I play as Italy, I usually want to see some evidence that Turkey is not playing a juggernaut before I'll agree to actually work with Turkey as my ally. Some some moves from Turkey that are inconsistent with Turkey playing a juggernaut. So if Turkey does something like uh, open with an army to Armenia, okay, maybe you know maybe the Turkey Turkish players are serious. Okay, I'll consider it. But if they do something like open uh, Smyrna to Constantinople, uh, <laughs> they're probably we're intending to send that fleet after me or Greece at least, and I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so interested in working with a Turkish player who's who's playing consistent with an alliance with Russia. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, but I mean, if they start, but if they make army builds early instead of fleets, or you know, keep the fleet in the Black Sea, that can work. Yeah, that's right. 
I think that as Italy, it is also possible to succeed sometimes without necessarily invading the Turkish home centers. But to pull that off, Italy would have to go very far west, likely conquering England or something like that. And because that option is possible, that is another reason to consider the possibility of alliance with Turkey, that even if Turkey ends up being strong and you don't have a good option to backstab Turkey, you might not necessarily need to get away with that in order to win if, as Italy, you can somehow make some significant breakthrough into the West. That's not often, and that's hard to do, uh, but it is possible. And uh, I think some players don't consider that, that they didn't imagine that, that, that that's a situation that they could use to win. And so because they're so, if you have a narrow idea of how Italy can win, where you say Italy simply must destroy Turkey in order to win, that's usually the case, but it's not required. But if you believe that Italy simply must destroy Turkey, then you will think, well, why would I ever want Turkey as my ally? Turkey only gets harder to conquer as the game goes on. But I I think that's a misperception. Let's talk right, about the, uh, the next topic of uh, the time for France to backstab an English ally. Yeah, because I think you mentioned, like, sometimes you said, wait until England, you know, gets rid of all of Germany's or Russia's fleets so that France can just be in a better position afterwards, or maybe after they take England, all of Italy. Because usually when I play as France, I usually just go after England very early. But maybe I should, it would be better for me to wait a little bit or, you know, wait until they do more damage to Germany or something. In my personal experience or in my in my opinion one of the strongest ways that france can approach the game if you can pull this off is to form a trojan horse alliance with england what i what i say is an alliance that you have formed simply in order to get that other player to lower their defenses that's why i call it trojan horse as soon as england has moved into position to fight russia and england or inflicted a little bit of damage then attack england the reason why I think this is so advantageous is there's very little the other players can do about it once this board position exists, and France is likely to get all the English home centers very quickly, and then there may not be viable forces in the north capable of stopping France at that point, because if there's not enough fleets, France can just one by one grind down all the other centers until the whole north collapses. And because of this, I consider a an alliance with England in the first two years, let's say, to be incredibly valuable to France, but not because the goal is to play out a France-England alliance, but, but with the strategic goal being just to bait England into moving east. And so if you're playing a Trojan horse alliance, then probably the best time to attack England is maybe somewhere around 1903. But if you're genuinely playing an England-France alliance, you know, you're going to help England take down Germany. You're going to do that together. Maybe France is going to invade Italy. Then in that situation, it's harder to say what is the what is the perfect moment to backstab England. I see. So you're thinking about 1903. If your true goal is to attack England first, if you're going to you're going to attack England before Italy or Germany and your alliance, the, you have forged an alliance with England simply to get England to, to attack East all out. Uh, around 1903 is probably when this would happen. And do you think, so do you think any damage would have been done to Germany or Russia by that time? Yeah, they don't necessarily have to be debilitated. It's the important part is that there's, there's the situation in the East is one where they've locked horns. 
that when that like Germany doesn't have control of North Sea, neither does Russia. Germany and Russia are not going to be able to invade Great Britain. But at the same time, England hasn't captured so many centers that England can put up a decent defense when you attack. What you're hoping is that England will extend everything. Like maybe England's positions are something like North Sea, Skagerrak, Norway, Barents. Then, and then you attack. <laughs> it's not really going to be so easy for England to back up out of those positions and put up a defense. And maybe you, you capture, let me say, a, a general tactic that can help in either situation. We talk so much in diplomacy about the idea of a Lepanto attack, which is when Italy sets up for a double convoy through Ionian Eastern Mediterranean Sea, a double convoy against Turkey, maybe into Syria. We don't have a term, in my experience, I don't, I'm not aware of one, for when France does something very similar to England to set up a double convoy, because France can do this pretty easily with Mid-Atlantic Ocean and North Atlantic Ocean or Mid-Atlantic Ocean and Irish Sea, and then do a double convoy into Liverpool or maybe to Clyde. And it, it has a very similar effect where if you get away with this tactic, England goes down fast and you're going to get all the English centers. It's awesome. Just like if, if Italy gets away with the Lepanto, it's very successful. In my opinion, France has an easier time pulling this off against England than Italy has against Turkey because there are two sea zones that France could move into, North Atlantic and Irish Sea, not just Eastern Mediterranean like with Italy and Turkey. And in addition to that, uh, France having a fleet in Mid-Atlantic Ocean is something that it's a situation that often exists even when the players are at peace. And so it's really easy to set up for this attack. For example... France could have a fleet in Mid-Atlantic Ocean and a fleet in Western Mediterranean Sea and an army in Burgundy and be saying, I'm going against Italy. I'm going against Germany. Hoorah. I love the England-France alliance. And then on the spring turn, move Mid-Atlantic Ocean to Irish Sea, Western Mediterranean to Mid-Atlantic Ocean, and Burgundy to Gascony, and then an autumn double convoy to Liverpool and, and England's toast. That's a, that's a fatal blow to England if England didn't see that coming. Yeah, I agree. So I wanted to point that out because a moment where you might be able to get away with that double convoy could be the right moment to backstab England, even if you're playing the alliance uh, sincerely, even if the, that, that might be the moment when you look, you look very carefully and you say, <laughs> if I, if I do this right and England moves as I anticipate, then uh, I'll be able to double convoy an army into Great Britain. So I'm going to get away with it. Therefore, I'm going to try it. That could be the right time to backstab. Yeah, I agree. I think WebDip, the website you play on, is, uh, I think a lot more, they have a lot more of the anti French metagame because of this. Because when I play on Play Diplomacy, I notice that, uh, like, it seems England and France alliances are very common. Yeah, we've talked about this before many times, and I, I think that's, uh, that's very, that's intriguing. I suspect that Web Diplomacy, being my, my native land for online diplomacy, means that my influence there may be far stronger. Because there would be a lot more players that would be familiar with me and my opinions and be influenced by them. Yeah, because in a lot of like in a lot of like here's the thing: I've looked at a lot of tournaments, and it seems like in the majority of tournaments, like it, it's English France alliance. And I'm thinking, okay, like maybe like maybe if the England player is just way more communicative or something. But you know, I don't think all those Germany players had bad diplomacy that it would be the majority. I mean, I feel like in a lot of other websites, uh, like on, on Playdip and also some other tournaments in face-to-face -face that I've seen, it seems like, like France almost prefers with allying with England, and they might think that's better for them for some reason. Uh, there's so many things to be taken into account in, in a metagame. It could be something 
things like using different scoring systems incentivizes players to play different alliances, for example, because some alliance. Yeah, that might be true. In my personal experience in tournaments where the, the, the games are called early and then the players get scored based on how many centers they have, that warps the game in favor of alliances that are not that great at solo winning, but great at capturing a lot of centers really fast. And so you'll see alliances like the England-France alliance a little more often, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true, because, I mean, assuming France is willing to ally with you, that's the better strategy, because that lets England expand more quickly. But personally, I've, got, I've never seen a French player top board with that. Yeah, I don't really get it. It's not my A plan as France, that's for sure. Like, I think for England, it makes sense, because, you know, going after Germany lets them expand much more quickly. And, you know, usually when France, you know, allies with them, they top board. But I don't understand why French, like, French players would want to do this. Well, I guess we would have to... Uh speak with someone who, who has a different opinion uh, about the, the yeah. different alliances and pick their brain on it sometimes, because it seems that you and I are in accord. Yeah. Because also, those Italian centers can probably be difficult to take. Also, if an, Austria, if an Austrian-Turkey alliance forms, like Turkey could just grab, and Austria could just grab all of that, and France can just be stuck. It's true. A uh, alliance with England can be a little more productive if the French player can count on Germany and Russia working together, if Germany and Russia are fighting and England has a free hand, England can usually beat them both uh, and emerge dominant in Scandinavia and, and fight them both, in my, in my opinion. But if Germany and Russia are working together, then um, England can get completely stuck and may even need help from France to, just to defend against them. So as a French player who's working with England... If you anticipate correctly that Germany and Russia will will wall England off and England will be in danger from them and not be able to attack you, that could increase your incentive to work with England because you think eh, England won't be the one to profit so much from this alliance. But if it looks like Germany is hostile to Russia from the get-go, let's say Germany bounces Russia out of Sweden right at the start, oh boy, oh boy, if you give England a free hand uh, in Scandinavia, then maybe England will emerge the strongest power on the board might not be so wise to help England in that situation. Okay, so I think that's interesting. I, I agree with your idea that whenever you can launch that double convoy, because I've done that several times before. I thought it was interesting, though, when you were when you were posting like that topic up on the blog about like how France can get into this position where they have all of the Italian centers with with four units protecting it. But you think you think it's better to stab earlier than that, or just whenever you can do the double convoy, and not necessarily waiting that long. It's an opportunity that may not come up very often. So I, I, I wouldn't say without exception, when you can double convoy, do it. Just that that's, the, that's what's to look for. Look for that. If you think, hmm, if I, make the, if I move Mid-Atlantic Ocean to Irish Sea and some other fleet to Mid-Atlantic Ocean, if I will get away with it and I will have an army available to double convoy, mm, ooh, I want a backstab. You start thinking about whether you can get away with it or not. Might not do it, but that's that's the opportune moment. And so that, that moment may not come that often because if England has an army lying around to defend Great Britain with or um, England's wary and has a fleet in North Atlantic Ocean that could block you, then hmm, you know maybe it's not, not worth doing or not worth taking the risk. And so the one turn that comes where you'll have that perfect moment you might not want to pass it up because it may not it may not come again. 
Okay, so I get. I guess. A, I guess an English France alliance might work better for England if you know if they want to get big quickly. If they just you know leave a fleet in North Atlantic or an army at home, for example. Yeah, I think that's right. In my opinion, the problem with the alliance with France as England is that strategically, it's very difficult to eventually solo win against competent players. I actually finished a high-level gunboat diplomacy game recently in which I was allied to France. I was England. I played very well. I actually had conquered all the way down to Sevastopol. I controlled Warsaw and Moscow and Sevastopol as England in a gunboat game. I had an army down in Armenia trying to invade Turkey from behind. That's how far I had gone working together with France, that far across the board. And yet a solo win was never in the cards for me because Italy had consolidated a considerable amount of power and all Italy had to do to set up a stalemate line that runs through Portugal, Spain, and Marseille was send one fleet to go and help France. So I knew that even if I had betrayed France, conquered France's centers in like Belgium and and Germany, and, and took Brest in Paris, and I yet just totally crushed France. That would not result in a solo win for me. That would result in a 17-center draw or a 16-center draw at best. Because although I had Warsaw and Moscow, two centers on the other side of the stalemate line, and maybe even Sevastopol, which can theoretically be put behind a stalemate line and, and defended from the north, and I had three, how was I going to capture Portugal, Spain, and Marseille? I had to get at least one of those in order to win and they were going to be impregnable against those players. There was no way. There was no way the French and Italian player would ever let me have any of those centers because they knew what they were doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, maybe you could have gotten Romania? Yeah. I, 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 probably, I probably needed the Turkish player to throw me the game on purpose if I was going to win. They, they were going down. Eventually, we, it was a three-way draw between me, France, and Italy's is how the game ended. I overextended, and Italy ended up making a solo win run, but it didn't last very long. So where, where I'm going with that is that that story is, is very consistent with my personal experience where, dang, I played this England-France alliance to a ridiculous extent. I'm the, far beyond what is a normal expansion for England. I mean, I'm down there with an army in Armenia as England. That far, I'm like four or five territories across the stalemate line. And it was never realistic that I was going to solo win that game. So it, it, from my point of view, as an experienced diplomacy player, if the England-France alliance, even when I hit a home run on that alliance, I cannot solo win against good players, it's not a very good alliance strategically. This episode was made possible by the generous support of people like you. For more information, visit patreon.com slash brotherboard. You can learn more from your board brother at brotherboard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thanks to Loyalty Freak Music for the theme music, It Feels Good to Be Alive too.